You didn't write anything. You typed it into your phone. That's not writing. Respect the art. What is it? Uh, Calligraphy. Fonts. No. Uh, what's the little... Actually read name? a book on fonts. Capote. He had a little... Did you just call... <laughs> <laughs> That's going to have to get cut. Well, that, that is getting cut. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome, nerds and nerdettes. Welcome, obscurials of all shapes and flavors. Hi, I'm Eric. And folks call me the Oklahoma Kid. And this is a show that we're calling the, the Nerd, Nerd Obscurial, Obscurial Podcast. Podcast. Nerd Obscurials is something I think we've coined here. Uh, something that... According to Google. According to Google, uh, we have total ownership of TM. Little R in the circle. That's all you have to do, right? That, yes, exactly. We're, we're, and that is the hand symbol for it, which works well in an audio medium. Why don't we define it since we're coining it and no one's probably ever heard of it before? Mm-hmm. They've never heard those two words together, at least. You know, obviously a lot of people have heard what a nerd is. I would think that uh, the Revenge of the Nerd franchise really did a lot for nerd awareness. It, yes. <laughs> we all know what a nerd is now. Uh, Obscurial may be a little bit more obscure. hi I am my own Ed McMahon because the Oklahoma Kid refuses to be so. Oklahoma Kid, let's do some heavy lifting on that. Why don't why you tell me what an Obscurial is? In the movies, the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them spun off from the Harry Potter, so part of the Harry Potter wizarding world, mm-hmm. uh, part of the canon. Uh, they reveal that there's a certain thing that can happen, and they call it an Obscurial, and it's when a, when a child is born with magic, like Harry Potter, but then for some reason is forced to repress it, you know, by its parents or guardians or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, if it's especially a strong suppression at, the, or at an early age uh, due to, like, religious reasons or social reasons, whatever, whatever, what have you. Right. Um, one thing that it can happen is the magical energy can build up too much and it can try and escape the child uh, in this kind of taking this physical form of this kind of, like, malevolent energy and typically the magical child does not survive this process uh the reason why we're using that image though is that what we came to realize is that we both have jobs that are you know blue collar jobs they're they're not um we're grinding it out we're not creative especially me yeah we're, we're not we're not creatives we're not my job affords me a lot more creativity than yours that's why he says especially me yeah but Yes, it is uh, something that we realized why we wanted to do this podcast was that we need that outlet. Otherwise, we will have that nerd supernova, if you will. This is why we named the podcast 
the Nerd Obscurio podcast. I want to hear a survey. I want to hear in the likes section, in the comment section. Mm-hmm. I always thought it should be defense against, but that even makes it sound more Harry Potter. Yes. <laughs> and uh, an in, becomes an a informal, problem. <laughs> informal survey of, of the people I work with uh, made it made it clear that that very much suggested a Harry Potter Right. Uh, now I almost said website podcast. We're just gonna go this way, but just putting it out there. We're trying to avoid that. This isn't us, you know, going huge, huge nerd rage. Yes. Right. Yeah. A chance to vent our nerdness. In fact, I would say really, because this isn't the first iteration. Uh, we tried this before. We'll talk about the mistakes made. We'll talk about the moving forward. But really, I think one of the biggest things is that just let the freak flag fly you know what i mean like why should we try to temper it or do whatever even you know we contemplated using nerd obscurial at all is that too exclusive is that too weird but it's like i think we people should just go for it because creating content's better than not creating anything right yeah and if people don't get it if it's too obscure or whatever um there's a really good comedian I lay heavily on comedians too. And that's the other thing was that it used to only be like nerd stuff. It's like, no, I like comedy. Why don't we talk about comedy more? Why don't we talk about music more? We're both big into music. Uh, people are going to see that all the songs that we do here are going to be original songs. Uh, we have a cover for the theme song, but we're playing the cover. We're music guys as well. So yes. why not talk about music too? Yes. One of the. Comedians named Ron Funches, he has this great thing he says about, and I think he might even be quoting somebody else, but it doesn't really matter. He goes, they'll make fun of you anyways. Might as well be about something you love, right? There's always going to be haters. There's always going to be people who are like, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, why make compromises in that position? Just go for it. Yeah. So this is us going for it. This is our nerd obscurial. Just, you know, relieve that tension so that we can... Uh, not let us eat us away, you know? It really globbed on to this phrase, it's fail better, you know? It's Sam Beckett. Sam, stolen from Sam Beckett, ever try, ever fail, never mind, try again, fail again, fail better. Yes. Yeah, I've been saying it for years. Learn to be okay with the failure. I think it's giving you permission to that. Like, learn to be okay with it, learn and move forward, you know? Like, fail better. Yeah. Do it Everything that worked, take that. Everything that sucked, try to get away from that and just keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I think that also, just something I want to mention at the beginning of this podcast, because I think that's really a part of our creed. It's, it's definitely a mantra of mine that's going to be going forward. Mm-hmm. And part of that is looking at the failure. So like I said, this is our second iteration. Let's talk about some of the things that we feel we want to save. Things that really worked about the last thing that we want to keep including and want to have be a part of our future. Well, clearly my catchphrases. Clearly. Clearly. Right. Um, also, <laughs> I think... I know you hate the catchphrases. It's no, awesome. I think the catchphrases are good. And that, 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 that goes back to part one. Let the freak flag fly. Yeah. I think there is a little too much of the... In our last, last time, too much of the, oh, let's not, you know... One of the things was that... We focus on one list. We tried to have this one list, and we're big movie nerds, right? Mm-hmm. So we wanted to use eight and a half. Fellini guys, you know, this is helping maybe for people to picture the um, different spheres of nerdum that we go into. Yeah. We were very specific and wanted it to be eight and a half because of the Fellini movie. It was too much. 
way too much within one episode to try to get all that to have well fleshed out ideas and it was all nerd culture stuff yeah but we want to keep the idea but you just have to kind of keep what's good and then try to change it and the thing was is that there's a lot of other stuff like the comedy stuff I was talking about or like the music stuff that we weren't getting to yeah so let's do a choice or two per episode just make it half the episode but we want to keep that stuff yeah and we'll explain more about what that what that all means right. with lists and stuff. Yeah, basically, we begin, basically, we're going to debate a pop culture topic, and we both we come in with a certain we'll, number we'll, of ideas. When we get we'll to that part it. of the episode, because we have other things we want to get to before yeah. that. I already mentioned the original music, the cat noises. Yes, and I and I decided to use cat noises to uh, as instead of bleeps, or also to cover large gaps where like we went middle middle of a sentence from one topic to another, and then like 20 minutes later, middle of the sentence went back to that. And the two, right. side, two sides of the sentence didn't quite line up when I cut those 20 minutes out. So there'd be a little cat noise making it sound like we just said fuck. And then, but it's actually like 20 minutes of nonsense. But there's baby, a, there's basically a baby with the back, baby with the bath water. Bath water. Thank you. Thing where like, I want to keep the cat noises. I think the cat noises are so silly and fun. I had no problem nerding out on that. It was just the overuse of it. Just like the, the list being too big. Like, scale it back. You're trying yes, too we were, hard. We were ending you know? up with like a four-hour podcast. Was... Right. And then the other thing, you're trying too hard. Like, scale it back. Was the We were trying to do an entire... We were dropping it Netflix style. That's That was our idea. Yeah, but, to put them all out at once. Put everything out at once. You drop a whole season on them. Well, this was our problem that became... And it was not just one thing. You know, if it was just one time it happened, I think we could have let it slide. But there was a few times where we had this great idea. There was no timestamp on it or anything like that to prove that it's just we came up with it by ourselves. And then, like, uh, let's say Marvel or Star Wars, whoever it may be, released it to the public. And it wasn't that, like, we were insiders. We knew what was going on from the inside. Just we already had the idea first. But you sound like an asshole if you come on the other side like, I got this great idea. Yeah. What if Bubba Fett isn't dead? Yeah, <laughs> like, we can, that happened. It happened we can, in Mandalorian too. <laughs> yeah, we can, we can go ahead and say what, what they were. As far as I remember, it well, was... Well, uh, maybe, like you said, we're, we're, we're cutting short on time and we'll maybe come back to it. But I, it happened too many times. I think we should go ahead and let the, uh, the introduction go a yeah. little long on this one since it's the first episode. I think people are absolutely. expecting it to be a little behind extra. The, behind the curtain? Yeah. Absolutely. We can but yeah. Yeah, we uh, we talked about Boba Fett, and then like two weeks later, he shows up on the Mandalorian. Yeah. You had, you had mentioned wanting to see a She-Hulk that She-Hulk needed yeah. to get a movie, and like yeah. three days later, they announced that that She-Hulk was getting a TV show on Disney Plus. It and, wasn't um, even a choice in one of the episodes, but just something I referenced as this would be an example was what if they rebooted Bill and Ted? Oh <laughs> yes, yeah, we did, yeah, that one, and then um, the other one was. One one week we were recording and you were talking about how how you like Mysterio and thought he should be brought in as a villain. Yeah. And then literally the next like that next weekend I went to the movies and they had the trail the first trailer for Far From Home and it was like Mysterio and I'm like right. God damn. But it's, it's not necessarily like out of the realm of possibility. Any I mean, of these, these are all things. Any, yeah. They're, any they're all very around, possible and similar. very probable even when it comes out to but uh you know. The causality, you know. Yeah, and, you put you put fifty nerds in a room with microphones, and, and right. it was guaranteed someone was gonna was gonna say this idea. Sure, sure. So yeah, feel better. This week's ep- episode, the list that we're starting, not gonna finish it tonight, 
but eight and a half, you know, we get the first couple going at least, is about the WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier, those two shows. What was it that was maybe you want to see be spin off from the shows? You want to see what's going to happen next? What is it that maybe you felt like a missed opportunity by knowing the Marvel lore? You felt like, oh, why didn't they go and do this thing with this character, you know, mm-hmm. or that why maybe they can still go back and do it or whatever, but not not even a spinoff, just something that was like there right for the picking. Um, that's going to be at the end, uh, you know, towards the outro of the show. The it's back nine. The back nine. Exactly. The back nine actually will exclusively be the list. And then we got some bits and bobs uh, before we get there. Why don't we ne- move to the next bit, which we're calling... The lightning round. Now this is where we question each other and whoever wins gets the honor of being able to do the sign off for this episode. So let's get that right out of the way so the person can get prepared. Okay? Alright. Okay. So we'll see you on the other side. Okay, so we're going to always do first what we're calling the lightning round. So this is for the prestige of being able to do the sign-up. And part of part of the thing about this podcast is that there are heavy veto rights. Heavy veto rights. Mm-hmm. There's no veto rights here. Mm-hmm. That's, what's on, that's what's on the table here. I'm going to do the last little bit of this show, and there's nothing you can do to stop me. Right. It can be boring, or it can be terrible. I have suggested to you it wouldn't be something I would do, but going full Andy Kaufman and reading The Great Gatsby. But see, he's already done it. That's the thing. I know, but it's just an homage. Yeah. I mean, no one's like, oh, Kurt Cobain, Cobain already did Smells Like Teen Spirit. You can cover it. <laughs> Why not? I don't know. Covering comedy feels a little weird. We got six each. We're going to go back and forth. You introduce a category. You have a question. It's usually you know one thing or the other. Do you want to begin? Should I begin? You begin. You, you're right. the one that came up with all this. You begin. Okay. First question is in the category of lock down that Spock. I'm going to tell you a quote. And this is kind of how a lot of these are going to work. It's going to be like a quote or a phrase or a thing. You tell me blah, blah, blah. Who was? Yeah, so in this case, you tell me whether it was moral philosopher John Locke or whether it was said by Spock on an episode of Star Trek. Sure. I object to intellect without discipline. I object to power without constructive purpose. I am going to go Locke. It was actually Spock. Okay, okay. So that's how this is going to work. My first category is Bourdain or Bojangles. Mm-hmm. Was this about Anthony Bourdain or Bill Bojangles Robinson. All right. The nickname, The Dark Cloud of Joy. Bill Bojangles Robinson. You are correct. All right. In his vaudeville years, that's what he was coined as. All right. In the category of porn or corn, the consumption of this increases in states after their predominant political party wins the White House. They, um, was it corn or was it porn? Or corn-based products, I should say. Last time, I went the other way with it. So this time, I'm going to go with just what I think it is, and it's just porn. It is, in fact, porn. Okay. Yes. There we go. Celebrating the win, I guess. Uh, this one is called Abraham Lincoln Park. Is this a quote from the president and uh, 
much uh, admired. I think we all know who Abraham Lincoln is. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln? Or is this a lyric from the group Lincoln Park? All that I am or hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. I'm going to say that's a Lincoln Park lyric. And you would be wrong. Damn it. Let's see. Next category. Wrestler or rustler? Was this a Wild West outlaw or a WW... <laughs> I don't know. I didn't look up. Professional wrestler. Cactus Jack? I, I want to say Cactus Jack is a wrestler. It absolutely is. This is one uh, I call East of Barbara Eden. You have to tell me if this is a quote from the book East of Eden by mm-hmm. John Steinbeck. Or if this is something that was said by Barbara Eden, who played Genie in I Love in I Dream of Genie. Yes. He won a lot of battles, but he lost his personal war. East of Eden. Nope, Barbara Eden. Barbara is Eden. Yo, no, you the first reaction is the one I'm gonna take. Yeah, no, no, I yeah, that's fair. That's <laughs> you fair. Saw I got it in wrong. My face, I think. Yeah, I got um, it wrong. And actually, really sad about this. Uh, that was what she said about her son at his funeral when he died from a heroin overdose. My next one, category I'll call West of the White House. Okay. I'm going to read you a quote. Did Richard Nixon say it, or did Billy West say it as Richard Nixon's head on Futurama? Why wouldn't you use West Wing? Oh, God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Quote, but I know a place where the Constitution doesn't mean squat. That is uh, Billy West. Yes, you are correct. This one is called Black or White, Jack Edition. You have to tell me if this is a song written by Jack White of the... White Stripes and others. Raconteurs. Or Jack Black, the originator of the greatest band in the world. Tenacious D, I assume is what you're saying. Mistakenly. Oh, instead wow. of, you know... Uh, yeah, no, it was just part yeah, of their... Stratford 4. They're bantered. Uh, no, wait, My Bloody Valentine. I'm going with My Bloody Valentine. Okay. Nice band. No, nope, uh, The Cure. The Cure. Tenacious D, though. Their their whole bit is about over-bragging. They, they wrote the greatest song in the world. Yeah. Wasn't so gonna be that's why fire. I said... <laughs> I think people, they'll either know who Ten- Tenacious D is or not. Who has a song that is entitled Low Hanging Fruit? I think that's a Tenacious D song. You are right, sir. The next one is a little category called West by Northwest's Baby Daddy. Nice. Is this is this fact true of moral philosopher and political activist Cornell, Dr. Cornell West? Mm-hmm. Or is it true of rap musician, producer extraordinaire, and media shit show Kanye West? <laughs> uh, Kanye West. <laughs> This West has worked with artists such as E-40, Bootsy Collins, Andre 3000, KRS-One, Talib Kweli, and Prince. Cornel West. Very well done. Well, uh, Kanye had... West has has collaborated with all of those artists, except he never got a chance to collaborate with Prince. But Cornel West did. Uh, he has three spoken word oh, hip-hop albums. You know, it, it's one of those funny things where actually it was... It was the list itself, because I would assume you would throw in Jay-Z if it was Kanye. So my next one is called Poke Bar. Mm-hmm. A Poke Bar is modeled after Japanese cuisine, Hawaiian dish. I don't think we list. have to explain like everything that exists. Okay, Poke Bar Mon. 
You have to tell me whether this name is the name of a group that is a Pokemon fan or is this a Poke Bar. Right. Poke Republic. I'm going to guess that that's a Pokemon fan group. It's a Poke Bar. Dang. In Los Angeles. Uh, Next category for me is going to be anime or may not. Is this a real anime TV series or movie? Oh, hold on just a sec. Uh, Do you need to explain anime to people? No, no, no. I was just going to say. All right. All-purpose cultural cat girl Nuka Nuka Dash. I am going to say it is an anime because if you came up with that by your fucking self. Sadly, no. That is real. That has to be an anime, right? It is real, yeah. It's too... It's too... Uh, High school kid meets magical cat girl and has to show her around the human world or some shit like that. Wow, you know I didn't watch points. it. <laughs> it was well. I, I know what the Netflix summary would say. <laughs> okay, so this one... It's not Studio Ghibli. I'm not watching it. It's just to really rub it in then if you can get this one. Or maybe some redemption. Maybe you can show that you got me figured out in some way. This one's called Tom Waits for Godot. You have to tell me whether this is a Tom Waits song. Like the title? The title of a Tom Waits song. Okay. Or if it is a line from Waiting for Godot by Samuel Beckett. Correct. Show's spirit animal, Samuel Beckett. Misery is the river of the world. Tom Waits song. And the redemption is complete. Yes, sir. That is a Tom Waits song. Congratulations. And next we'll have Master of Your Domain. Is that what it is? Master of This Domain. Master of This Domain. Beautiful. All right. Love it. Okay, let's get back into it. This segment is called Master This Domain. Master of This Domain. Master of This Domain. There you go. Okay, Oklahoma, you just take it. You, you set it down, baby. All right. A little, little bit. We're going to a little game we're going to play. I've got a website that I found out doesn't exist. Because originally I wanted to quiz you with... I wanted to give you actual website names. Yeah. You know, the URL, the actual blah, 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 dot yeah. com. And have you try and guess? But you came up with this first idea. What was on there? So in the process, I, exactly. so I was looking for all these crazy. Well, I was typing in all kinds of fun things to see, like, ooh, I wonder what's at this.com, and I wonder what's at this.com, and it is surprisingly disappointing how few of these. Your are. creativity is too much for the internet. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so now I have a huge list of things that I think are funny-sounding URLs that are currently available. So let's take that domain. Let's do something with that. What are we gonna do? So, the first one I thought of, Mice on Cocaine. And this is .com, right? Mice on, yeah, it would be, my, yeah, but not actually, just, because there might be a website that's just called Mice on Cocaine, but there is no MiceOnCocaine.com. So, this is the important question, and, and you may have to, in the future, look up the .org and .com, because, um, and .net, maybe, even. Yeah, some of them I did, and some of them I didn't. Right. The reason why I asked this, though, is that it does make a huge difference whether we're using .org com because I feel if it's like .org, then we're like intervention website. Like use your mouse, use your mouse on cocaine. This is this is what you need to do in order to get him back on the right track. You know, has he been spending a little bit too much time on that wheel? 
And actually, what I want to see is like the mom and dad mice with their like the the dad with the cardigan and the little golden girl's wig on the mom, and both have glasses and like all dressed up. <laughs> we think you have a, a a problem here. Original original catchphrase coming back. Number one, you're gonna get a sued. So, uh, uh, so if we use .org, it has to be like intervention style. Mm-hmm. So, are you wanting .org? Or you want .com? I was thinking .edu. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's like you know, going scientific. That. Uh, that's... no. I was thinking more like. See, that would actually be in... really impressive. Of like, let's prove Freud right. <laughs> let's prove that this cocaine really does work, kids. <laughs> the other big what? question, though, is. Is it mice who are on cocaine, or at the same time, is it mice who are on top of cocaine? Uh-huh. Like, is it? Do you have a whole website just full of yeah. pictures of like this is mice, part of the pit. mice right. standing, like sitting on top of a pile of cocaine in different locations? Um, I, I feel see, like that could get old fast. How many different pictures can you take of mice on top of cocaine? You right. put them at the top of a mountain, you Photoshop them into space, boom, we're done. I mean, that's you know, you put them on Brook Shields' unless, head. I don't know what else you do. Unless. Um, all of them are pictures, big like blocks of cocaine. These are like drug bust cocaine stuff. Mm-hmm. And you get the mouse on top of it. And really who the star is, is all the canine units looking at the mouse. <laughs> Just like, that fucker moves. <laughs> He's fucking mine, dude. Yeah. Well, I don't want to put any mice in harm's way or... Uh, putting them on pink rocks and cocaine. I don't, I don't want to incriminate them. Well, I don't, I don't want to put them in harm's way. I wouldn't put them on kilos upon kilos of cocaine. But by any means, if I hurt this mouse... Well, the cocaine's not going to try and eat the mouse, the dog... You know, you never know. Or fuck the mouse, depending on what kind of dog it is. If that mouse does enough cocaine, he may fuck the dog. <laughs> but I think I think there's a third angle here, where it's mice on cocaine. So it's the song, and it's uh, just getting a, it's just a, getting mice to really talk about what that song means to them. You well, know, the I Eric, was actually thinking Eric like, Clapton song. Actually, I think it's by someone else, but I'm I'm not gonna Google it right now. Right. So I, I thought it was apologies like, to that guy. Um, TED Talks with mice as the the features of the TED Talks, and all the TED Talks are about mm-hmm. cocaine. In all honesty, if I actually were to uh, take the website miceoncocaine.com and do something with it, honestly, it would just be every day I'd put up a different three-panel comic where it'd be the same illustration every time. There'd be to you know there'd be like a person and then like a mouse or maybe a cat and a mouse and then and in in each three panels and the first panel would always have the, a word balloon from the cat and the cat would just it'd just be whatever i thought of just any random thought of the day would go in the cat's mouth yeah then there'd be a panel where neither of them speak and then in the third panel the mice the mouse would shout what if we got more cocaine that is a brilliant way of going and i okay so that that's it that, that, that That's, is, I mean, I, don't know I, I mean, uh, yeah. Well, you know, also other than some cocaine. Thank you, Paula Tompkins. Yes, but, Paula uh, Tompkins is, of course, that, yeah, that his is, line. But uh, that is the the brilliant the brilliant way would go with it. Yeah, just have all these different. It is well like when in doubt, steal from Paula Tompkins. Um, yeah, a little warning to the audience: you steal from me, you steal twice. Mm. So, um, but brilliant. 
That, that's it right there. Yes. We solved it. Next, we're going to go to the Type 5, a.k.a. Steal This Joke. And why don't we just set up some stuff now? Because we're going to set it up there. We're going to set it up here. This is one coming from me, and it's because I know that there's no possible way that I could ever be a stand-up comedian. I am a few years shy of 40 years old. I have wife and kid. I work 50 hours a week minimum. That's my best case scenario. I don't have time to go on the road and work out jokes and do all this kind of stuff. But I still have jokes to come to my head, and I still like comedy a lot. And I think comedy in general, but particularly stand-up, is like one of the most underappreciated art forms. It's really like shit on for art forms. You know, like drama gets all the praise yeah. and all the, the acclimates and all this kind of stuff. But to be funny and good for an hour... And we'll maybe explain it better on the other side of this joiner. She is Welcome back. We are doing what I'm calling working on my type five, AKA steal this joke. So, we talked a little bit before. I don't know how much is going to be salvageable, so I'm just going to kind of do fast recap. I am not one who's going to be able to do stand-up comedy. I'm a couple years from 40. I got a family with a six-year-old. I got a 50-hour-a-week job minimum. Usually it's more than that. This is my best-case scenario is 50 hours a week. You really just want to work that in. I like do. You, just, you want people to know you, that yeah, you work 50 hours I do. a week. I want you to know. Yes. Well, my my amount of work is band-aided by by corporate greed. <laughs> Pretty much. Yes. So, so uh, 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 I'm not legally allowed to put in uh, exactly. 50 hour weeks without them paying me but a shitload the, the, more money. The, the, so. No one ever has enough time in the day. Yes. And especially trying to, you know, go make out on the road money. and be But yeah, going out on the road and doing all that. Are you kidding me? Like Remember I when you said this was going to be short? Maybe do a couple of stand uh, uh, open mics or something like that. But I'm not going to be able to be a, a true You're not going to make a real go of this. Right. So that's why the steal this joke comes into play. Steal this joke. If you think it could work for you, if you can make it really work, that's fucking awesome. There's no TM on the back of this. There's no R with a circle. This Unlike is, Nerd Obscurial, TM. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're throwing this joke out for someone who listens to this to say, right. hey, I could make that work. Go do it. Right. Make it your make it your joke. We're not going to tell you you were stealing a joke. We're giving it to you as a gift. Right. So, Carlos Mencia, listen up. <laughs> yes. So, here's the joke. I hate the snow. I hate the snow. I feel like what snow really is, snow is just water that's trying to catfish you. Snow is just water that's like, oh, look at how fluffy and virginal and wide I am. Come play with me. And two hours later, you're cold, you're wet, and your butthole's bleeding. Try to make that work in an audience, folks. <laughs> and hey, tape yourself doing it and send it back to us. Yeah, see how it works out. Best of luck to you. I think it's funny. Mainly the catfishing thing is the blue part with the butthole bleeding. That's maybe a little too far, but sometimes you got to go too far. That's part of comedy. Good luck with it, folks.
Let's get to the list. We kind of already teased out the introduction to the list. We've already seen two shows presented by Disney Plus within the MCU. WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I at least put them into two categories. One being what they should have done mm-hmm. or still could maybe do. Mm-hmm. You know, like you could maybe go back. And I think that's that's where I'm going to focus my attention tonight. Because like I said, we're not going to get through all these mm-hmm. all these lists. It's about Wanda in, in, in the WandaVision show. Mm-hmm. Again, assume if we're talking about these shows, spoilers, spoilers are all going to be happening. Yeah, that, spoiler alert. Right. Sure. If you haven't watched the show, then just don't listen to this. So in WandaVision, one thing that they do is that Vision and Wanda have kids. They have what followers of the MCU know as Wiccan and Speed. They follow pretty closely to the powers of those characters, as well with the iconography on the Halloween episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, which I think was the point, yeah. Yeah. I guess, for me, I saw it as a missed opportunity. And especially while watching the show, like I knew what Wiccan and Speed meant. Wiccan and Speed meant that Scarlet Witch made a deal with Mephisto. So Mephisto claims that after his defeat at the hands of Franklin Richards, that his essence was divided into several pieces and scattered, and that Wanda inadvertently used two of those pieces to give life to her twins. Of, of who, Mephisto's But essence. it was Mephisto's... Uh, essence. Matter. He was the one whose essence. Yeah, well, it was like she, Scarlet Witch used those things mm-hmm. as magical constructions but it was with the power of the essence of Wait. Mephisto no I just meant like yeah. with the, the broke up the essence of, of Mephisto or it broke up the eff- essence of Franklin Richards no of Mephisto okay I was gonna yeah. of, of Mephisto it, it wasn't Franklin's essence that got broken up it was Mephisto's Franklin won I really was pulling for that to come out as part of Scarlet Witch and I really think Part of it as well was trying to get Wanda off the hook because like they never really reconcile in the show about on the outskirts of town where her power wasn't quite as strong Mm -hmm. of them just kind of like not doing anything. There's that moment where Vision's looking at someone who is just just sitting there with the laundry, not putting it on the line, not actually functioning and like stuff around her immediately function okay. Mm -hmm. But that towards the outskirts. And, you know, it gets all this tease about, oh, we're trapped, you know, we, we don't have any free will and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. I felt like if there was that Mephisto deal with the devil, then it would get her off the hook a little bit. It wouldn't make her... Because that, that never really gets tied up. It never really gets... She doesn't have any kind of um, reconciliation with the fact that she fucking tortured all these people. Yes. Uh, my guess is they're saving that for the movie. Me as well. I'm not saying that that's not going to go later on. Yeah, I, I thought as well that, um, I mean, not specifically that, but um, I thought the big reveal was going to be Mephisto. So you want something that does get her off the hook, is what you're saying. I think I think Mephisto does that. I think Mephisto... You're saying that, but you think that's what they should have done. It's really interesting because it's in this position where it's like, she's just processing her grief. She is just trying to deal with the fact that she has essentially just lost the love of her life. You know, she's got all this stuff she's dealing with, and I like that they kind of left it that it's like, she's dealing with it messily. 
and like kind of leaving leaving a lot of wreckage in her wake. That it's not just some simple easy thing where it's like blah, you know, it's just like no, this is what it's this is what this is like no, dealing with that. this type of and I think that there depression and whatnot. That's still there with the Mephisto storyline. I think that what they did, the choice they made, was more of basically she had a mental breakdown and couldn't see the force from the trees. Whereas I think it's a little bit more interesting with the Mephisto storyline of that going to the crossroads, making a deal with the devil, being so desperate. That question of what is the cost of happiness? What is what is the consequences? And it's there still, but it's a little more a woman undone than going to the crossroads. And I wanted going to the crossroads. I wanted to have her, her have the intentions of I want to find happiness. Uh, essentially, especially once they got to the like... It's hard to explain. I can't remember the episode name, so I'm mm-hmm. just going to have to go off of what sitcom they were mimicking. Uh, once they got to the Modern Family one, mm-hmm. where, like, she couldn't explain stuff anymore. She couldn't... I have more empathy for that if, like, this got away from me, rather than, like... It, it just felt like there was an underlying, you know, woman undone, she's having a breakdown kind of thing. Um, I, I didn't like that. I saw it differently. I okay. To me, it was... It was a little more like the whole thing was watching her go through the stages of grief. Like, at first she's in denial. Like, they're not even, they don't even, neither her nor Vision is really, like, consciously aware of what, that what what's happening around them is weird and not real and, like, why are they in black and white, you know? They're both just kind of going with it because it's that denial. She's in the denial phase and then it kind of, you know, other factors start coming in and so she starts having to, like, kind of incorporate these things that are going on. So it's like the bargaining you know, she's but you still she's trying that. to deal with like I can hold this together, you know, and you it gets to anger arc, and it doesn't have that collateral damage. It's that collateral damage that like no, she actually did some really terrible villain stuff. Yes, and I know? I think that's interesting to me. But right. It also fits more with the comics. It does because in the comics a straight up she has had some. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she started as a villain. She has had some times when she is not 100% mentally sound. This idea that she she has this power and that in the comics, a lot of times she doesn't know how to how to use it without being a bull in a china shop in a sort of way. Right. Like and we got to that. She's with doing Agatha, these things that are having these huge repercussions. Agatha talking about her being like this baby witch. She doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. That you know, like this is the chaos magic, and I guess wielding chaos magic you'd have that expectation of not really yes. having a lot of agency and culpability it's kind of what chaos is about yeah there's thematically a thing there that's really interesting about that grief and you know there's also some probably some survivor's guilt you know she wasn't able to save him but she's the one who got left behind really, besides all of the like nerd culture stuff and all the the Marvel storylines and all the other stuff I've nerd off of like mm-hmm. just legitimately like as an appreciator of art and of literature mm-hmm. and of just wise things right the line that vision gives in that show that just you know knocked my dick off was uh what else is grief but love persevering that hit me like a ton of bricks, you know, like, and it obviously it, it was supposed to, it was meant. For yeah. That. It's and it's a great line. line. It's like, you know, like I said, like legitimate, just 
it could be put that line could be put in Shakespeare and it would have the same effect that it did in that show, you know. Yeah. And not any of the pop culture nonsense with sustained, you know. Yeah, and personally for me that comes across more if it's her, if it's that she kind of has to go through this thing. You know, that it's not so much she made like a desperate decision and now it's like I mean that's an interesting story in and of itself. But in this particular context, it's like it's you made this thing and then it got out of it. It's be careful what you it becomes a be careful what you wish for. I thing. am not saying And this to me is like the fact that she doesn't realize quite what she's doing and then she's kind of like she knows and she just keeps doing it anyway. It's like the anger phase, like I said, of the of the stages of grief. It's like right. fuck it, I'm doing this. I am taking this town no, because I, I, get... I deserve it. So I, I like the fact that they took her through that process of like processing this grief and it's like this is what happens when you do that with this world bending superpower. I get the reasons why they did it. Mm-hmm. I get your point about the stages of grief. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they made a bad choice and that the choice doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that like when I saw everything coming together, mm-hmm. part of me had this hope about the Mephisto, you know, deal at the crossroads right. thing. And I was a little disappointed. And you see my point of like, but this is also why it fits uh-huh. with her characterization. This is right. also why. And there's these little loose ends over here. And it makes a lot of sense on this one side, absolutely. And all the things you brought up is exactly mm. right. But I think that, um, and I hope I'm not the only one out there who had that kind of hidden hope and kind of wanted to see that storyline be played out too. Especially with you could do all those things and not introduce the kids. So it felt like almost kind of like a tease to the comic book fans. That's that they true, that they did bring in the they, kids. They, they brought in all the kids and they did all that stuff, but then chose not to go down the Mephisto route. Yeah, I thought I did think they were going to introduce him. Yeah. Let's get a little joiner and we'll get to your first choice all after right. that. Okay, let's get back to it. I've been rambling on enough about my pick, Oklahoma Kid. What do you got for us? So my first reaction at the end of WandaVision was immediately I wanted to see more of Vision. Like, I wanted to know where does Vision go from, where does albino Vision go from here? Because he's in this interesting situation of, in a way, he's kind of more real than Vision in WandaVision is. And this is the whole thing like that was really interesting to me. Like, I loved it when you had Vision fighting Vision and then they just stop, just dead stop in the middle and are like, well, let's discuss this famous thought experiment. Right. Um, which it was funny enough, I had been reading about like two days before. Really? Uh, yeah. And, and okay. we're watching the show and they mentioned that and I like jumped up and shouted like, I read about that. And my <laughs> wife was like, shut the fuck up. I'm watching the show. Right. But yeah, that, that they talked about that whole thought experiment about the idea, which one constitutes the real one, you know, the one right. that's actually authentically made right. from the original parts or the one that's like been the parts that are slowly replaced placing the old uh, right. parts and you know didn't even it's not even something where like they solved the riddle of it you know either it's it was like you know they discussed it like a thought of, like you know what if this what if that and then you know it's left kind of ambiguous you know it's kind of left up to albino vision 
to really decide like what right. what his perspective on this scenario is which one is the real one it's it's left to you to decide you know there's no right or wrong answer in a way there's no because that's because it's a thought experiment so it's the idea is which one and, and each person's gonna have a different answer you know so what i would like to see is i would like for it to be revealed that el albino vision has flown off and he's gonna go on a journey of self-discovery it's gonna be very almost kind of mundane it's gonna be like he goes around and he just talks to different people and you would do a bunch of like minor characters or do cameos from major characters yeah um in some situations of him just going around and just talking to all the people he can possibly get advice from you know uh, in the marvel marvel universe really and and then like i think like one thing too also so one thing i really liked was they let paul bettany be funny and you know I love it when they bring in funny stuff, you know. Oh and, yeah, yeah. Um, no, Paul Bettany's a very funny yeah actor too. He does so, it's very underappreciated by him. Yeah, and so I I kind of wanted it to be this thing where it's almost kind of a little bit of a it's a very dry kind of comedy of him, you know, just basically just trying to like figure things out. So you this know? is definitely the, a comedy because when you say Vision Quest, mm-hmm. the first thing evoked to me is that actually. You're going like the other way with it, and you're going like Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne trying to find his purpose in life and going to the temples and the dark orders and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff to find the answer to these ultimate questions. Rather than have it be that dramatic, you feel like the the comedy would lie a lot in having a title called Vision Quest, but then go really mundane with it. And yeah, it just be it's- like. He's you know. on this vision vision quest, but it's not really a quest. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's it's like it's, a more silly Hulk going town to town and like A little bit, yes. yeah. Yeah, it would kind of be a little bit like, yeah, like the old Hulk show with, with Lou Ferrigno. Right. And so it'd be interesting, you know, you kinda see him just like doing that that philosophical thing. Like, you know, either sitting there and like I said, in that scene I thought it was really great that they're using their powers, using their powers, and then they stop and they talk, they literally have a discussion about philosophy. Right. Literally straight up actual like textbook stuff you get in in logic classes and and whatnot you know actual like philosophy 101 but i feel like there'd also be a tinge of like the um hitchhiker's guide to the universe where there's like philosophical stuff but there's a lot of like comedy and silliness it's like absurdity is where a lot of this philosophy is coming from yes and, like, that's one thing I think would be great is, you know, with – you mentioned absurdity, which, of course, is, like, right up my alley. Right. But, like, one thing I think would be really great was it would be this idea of rather than, you know, the normal thing, he's got to figure himself out so you'd throw him into this crisis. You know, that's that's the typical storyline of, of your superhero movie. You know, superhero has – at the beginning of the movie has something they haven't quite figured out. You know, Thor hasn't really learned to be humble, so you throw him into this crisis. He gets thrown on Earth, he loses his powers, he has to get Mjolnir back. Sure. And at the end of the movie, he's, you know, learned the humility that he's supposed to learn, and he gets Mjolnir back. But he had to go through this crisis, he had to fight the destroyer machine, right. he had to come to a realization. That's your typical thing. And it's kind of like, I almost want to take that and, like, kind of flip it with where Vision goes, and he's he's in this crisis, he has to figure out, what does that mean? That I'm the Vision, that I was made to destroy the Vision, but I... And which vision? Am I a whole new vision? Um, right. Or am I – is that other one – like is he like, you know, my older brother kind of relationship? Or is – is is do I think of him as my father or Ultron as my father? Where where do I start? And he – where does he end and I begin? But – And he's wrestling with all these questions. Well, he's going town to town and dealing with 
uh, problems that he is ridiculously overpowered for. Right. Like he's getting cats out of trees. Oh. oh he's like. No, but I get it as well because that gets poked fun at a lot within the show because of like you know he's doing at the in the uh, I Love Lucy era the whatever. The magic show. Right. Right. Uh, he's doing like computation they're all like super impressed but he's like a computer so it's like what are you talking yeah. about this is like you know breathing well why why are you guys impressed by this yeah and I, it's like i want to see that i want to see him interacting like not with the superhero world in crisis mode in fight mode i want to see vision i want to see a show where you have vision he goes out and he's dealing with the ordinary human world on a day when no one's at, like the the big attack from the from the uh, you know sinister six happened yesterday. Uh, they've got everything cleaned up and it's you know no one's attacking today. It's it's gonna be another week before some supervillain does another big attack and and lower Brooklyn is left all in chaos. It's like nope, just normal day. You know no supervillains today. They're all taking the it's the Sabbath. We all know supervillains don't fight on the Sabbath. And, oh God, that makes it sound like I'm implying all supervillains are Jews. That's probably not great. Not um, going to help. That, not, that's going to be a cat noise. That's, that's probably going to be, be a cat, cat noise. noise. Uh, no, but I was just going to say, him trying to interact just with, with ordinary, a lot of him interacting with ordinary people. Well, I think really in the spirit of Douglas Adams, and I, what I really see and what I think is really interesting about it to me is that like it's almost more truthful. It's like we're all going through these personal crises, and then we're also trying to figure out why there's a fucking traffic jam here. Mm-hmm. Or like, oh shit, my shoe has most of the soul gone. You know, it's like like we're going through these transitions in our lives, and there's like these big picture things, but no one has all the small picture things that we're also also doing all this time and instead of focusing on these huge magnus moments of our lives what about all the special little small moments that also somehow have weird importance yeah you know like it does it does make a difference it's not that they're unuseful they're not momentous but they're still vital yeah i think it would be really interesting to work in some cameos so you'd have him going to like he would be interacting with normal people like you wouldn't be doing any real superheroing you'd, you'd see him like you know and doing things like getting the cat out of trees and that kind of stuff very mundane and then he would go and have these philosophical talks you know with various characters and you could i figured you could like you could get a couple cameos if they wanted to yeah um it'd be a fun way to enter like easter egg a couple characters that are going to come up at some point in the future and you could also go like with some of the weirder you could like bring in some of the ones that like are deep cuts like i'm like have them go talk to um what is it moon girl is like this one's like tiny genius have them go talk to amadeus cho who's uh supposed to be a super genius and he later becomes the hulk spoiler alert um you could also get in like a cameo from hulk you know professor hulk now Get him, get an episode where he's he's talking to him. I didn't want to say Doctor Strange because Doctor Strange is going to be doing stuff with Wanda in the movie. So I'm yeah. like, what if what if instead, while that's all going on, Vision goes and spends a day just hanging out with uh, Doctor Strange's sidekick Wong, <laughs> you know? Right. And uh, I was thinking, I don't know if they have the rights back yet, but Iron Fist, he's a pretty Zen dude, so maybe he'd go and like talk to sure, him. Sure. Sure. You know, and and then you even have one where it's uh, he very briefly you, you have him talking to someone and. You don't say it outright, but you make it very clear that it's that it's Reed Richards 
pre getting his superpowers. So you lay right. in like a Reed Richards appearance right. before even having him uh, become Mr. So you Fantastic. have your own little Fantastic Four uh, transition. Yeah, and the other one, yeah. the other one, I was like, uh, that would be a fun. We'll talk about. Um, we'll talk about this more. Yeah. The other one that I thought would be like a fun little like cameo to Easter egg introduce someone, you know, have him go see Professor X. So yeah, I want it to be like conversations like that. Not necessarily like he goes to Professor X and Professor X tells him exactly what he needs to hear and it's Professor X has the profound advice and it all makes sense now. I want it to be more like half the episode would be like him, like I said, interacting with these very mundane situations, figuring out the little moments of life. Half the episode, him having like a fill an actual straight out okay. philosophical conversation with another Marvel character. Because if it character. was only five to ten minutes each, it could be like you save it all, and then the last episode you collect all those conversations, and then, and then the show big all the ones that he at the end with the, the ones he had. with the epiphany that all those conversations led to. You could do that. But part of the fun of me is like having that mix in the middle. It's like you've got two extremes, and in the middle is doing the superhero movie. They learn some lessons, they talk to some people, they have a big fight, they find something within themselves, blah, 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 blah. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong, I love them. I watch them all, the, I watch all of them on opening day. But Sure. But there is a certain, that's the hero's quest kind of story, right? Right. And I like the idea that you're going to these opposite, that's where he should be. He's a superhero, he's got superpowers, he's an android sci-fi thing. Yeah. And I like the idea of going to like the opposite, two opposite extremes. One is just to go completely mundane so you have him just dealing with like ordinary people just trying to be one of the guys but he's walking around and he's you know the vision and he's reaching through walls and stuff yeah but but he's just trying to get you know along with these normal people and then on the other hand you just go so out that you just get to full intellectual so metaphysical yeah you get to like metaphysical where you're literally just having like two characters have a conversation you know my dinner with andre style where they're literally just like rambling about philosophy if you look at the episode as like a three act uh-huh. play act one is him interacting with just the mundane world just trying to figure out what it is to be a person right. let alone an, uh, a synthesoid or whatever the fuck they don't call him android yeah i think it's synthesoid is what they always like to call yeah. him in the comics and then uh act two and then that would also be act three it would be more of that and act two would literally just be the two characters sitting at a table literally just having a discussion like I don't because I don't want it to be like yeah. he goes and he talks they, and then like a couple lines and then he and then Vision gives you know a speech about what it is that's bothering him and then Professor X gives like a speech that answers it all like right. I want it to really be like a ponderous meandering we're not going to solve this we're not going to come to a big profound point you know, we're just kind of working it out we're just hammering out this this thought experiment this like well what does it mean it's like the nuts and bolts of of figuring right. out a philosophy not not delivering it wholesale but kind of like socratic methoding out your your philosophy and i think it's uh time to take one more joiner and then uh get to an outro unless you have something else you really need to add to the rest of that no i think i'm good cool brought to you by pretzels america's bread Okay, well, we got through a few of the lists. We're going to have more. Before I take us out, Oklahoma Kid talked to his legal staff. 
and needs to have this said for his legal staff. So Oklahoma, please let the people know. The Nerd Obscurial Podcast is a Gadzooks and Nerd production. That's Gadzooks, G-A-D-Z-O-O-K-S. Find us on the web at gadzooksandnerd.com slash meow. Yes, meow, M-E-O-W. If you liked the music, you can find more at gadzooksandnerd.com slash fields. That's fields, F-I-E-L-D-S. The Nerd Obscurial Podcast and its content are, except for the steal this joke, joke, the wholly owned and copyrighted property of Gadzooks and Nerd. So don't go stealing any of it, except, of course, for the steal this joke, joke, or we'll have to sick big pretzel on you. Any works, products, concepts, or otherwise intellectual property not owned by Gadzooks and Nerd mentioned or discussed in the Nerd Obscurial Podcast are done so under fair use for the purposes of commentary, critique, and obviously comedy. So please don't sue us because we can't actually sick big pretzel on anyone. The views, ideas, opinions, and beliefs expressed in the Nerd Obscurial Podcast are solely those of its creators, which is to say your esteemed host, Eric the Troubadour, and me, the Oklahoma Kid, and do not represent the views, opinions, beliefs of any individual or entity named, referenced, or alluded to in this podcast, including but not limited to Tom Waits, Leonard Nimoy, The Wizarding World of Harry Potter and its parent companies, The Buggles, the WWE and its parent companies, Cornell West, Pikachu, my wife and her parent companies, the great state of Oklahoma, and of course, all cats everywhere on the internet, hail Cthulhu. Wait a second. You had a meeting with all the cats? Most of them. Some of them, well, I'll admit, a lot of them just zoomed it. So take us out. First, thank you for getting this far. We do really appreciate it. If you've gotten this far, and if you want to try to support us in any way, uh, subscribe buttons, like buttons, I don't know what, what to do to support us. This is very... Fresh, very uh, beginning, and we're all trying to figure it out as well. We we don't have like a Patreon page or any kind of... I appreciate you getting this far. However, if you enjoyed this, however we want to try to propagate this, keep going down the same road together. You know, I think the biggest thing with the whole idea of the Nerd Obscurial, this being the Nerd Obscurial podcast, is that, you know, we all have these itches we all have these uh parts of us that we want to explore we want to create content we want to try to go out there and, and do and uh even if it's something stupid and silly like this in this podcast it's been a pleasure doing it and i'm so glad that someone's sitting out there maybe listening to it when it comes to life and priorities Especially recently, I've really come to realize that we focus so much on time, on money, and not enough on time. Time is the one resource that we're never getting back. This is a depleting resource that it keeps leaving us. And you would be amazed on how many hours of your life is spent sleeping, <laughs> and then how many hours is spent working, and then how many hours are spent being like vision and doing stupid mundane shit and that's part of life that's part of living and all we have is this time on here together and you spent some time listening to this and even if no one's listening to this i spent some time doing this and it brought me joy and while we're here while we're spending our time here let's try to bring joy to ourselves let's try to bring joy to each other And even if it's something silly like this, it brought me joy. I hope it brought you joy. Give love to the world and love gets back right back at you. Enjoy your time and we'll see you on the next Nerd Obscurial Podcast. Thank you.
and I'm out.